So. Birds? Yeah. Do you want to yeah. do that? Birds. <laughs> do you want to do this as usual? Like, can we just roll into it awkwardly? Yeah. Why not? We quit. I quit. <laughs> we quit trying. This is, this is, Let's oh, be I thought you just quit the podcast. I'm going to, I'll leave you guys to this. What's up, all of you beautiful birders? Welcome back to a very special episode of Foul Mouse Podcast. Before we jump in and introduce our next guest, we'd like to first offer our apologies. We're fucking sorry. We're late. We missed a couple of weeks. But Junior Birder James's little sister, Junior Birder Evelyn, decided to show up a little early, threw us off. But we're back with episode 27. Danielle Bellany, Black Birders Week. Danielle is one of the original organizers of Black Birders Week. So we asked her to come on, tell us a little bit about what's going on, a little bit of history, talk about what we can expect for 2021. And of course, because she's goth as a fuck, some cemetery birding as well. So please sit back, relax. Welcome Junior Birder Evelyn to the fam and enjoy episode 27. Nice to have you. Danielle Bellany, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure to be here. This is Foul Mouth's podcast, by the way. That's that's what you agreed to. You <laughs> just want to make sure you knew. Surprise. This was the podcast you decided, you said yes to coming on. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just in case you wanted to uh, unplug from the internet and back away from your laptop. Um, <laughs> Let's slowly back away. <laughs> before we get into um, who you are and what you do, um, I just want to throw this out there that um, yesterday was uh, a big day for the universe <laughs> where... Everything oh, yeah. got slightly better. I don't know what happened. I was just, it was bit. it was a crazy day. And then just halfway through, um, somebody was like, Chauvin was convicted on all accounts. I was like, fuck yeah. And then Heather's like, Yarnold quit <laughs> the Audubon Society. <laughs> and I was just like, things got a little better today. A little bit. The, like... the moral arc bent slightly closer to justice, slightly, yeah, slightly. Baby, steps. we deserve a win, and it yeah. happened it on good to have. Yeah. It happened on four twenty. There's some sort of meaning in this. Pre-built, uh, the, the celebration nice. was guaranteed. Is uh, uh, so it was perfect. Yeah. If only Dogecoin had gone through the roof, I it would have been my perfect day. <laughs> to the moon, alas. To the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rock and emoji. Yeah. Oh man, no, it, was, it was a good day. A um, very good day. So, uh, Danielle, tell us about yourself. Um, <laughs> who you are, where you're from, what you do, what birds you've seen yeah. recently. Were oh, they man. were they awesome birds? Yeah. Are things <clears throat> migrating where you live? They have to be better than ours because we don't have any <laughs> birds right now. We have robins <laughs> and house sparrows. One perula. <laughs> a couple pine warblers. Hey, warblers a <laughs> fucking warbler. A uh, warblers warbler. I get it. I get it. But pine warbler is a that's a here you showed up prize. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. <laughs> 
I am Danielle Bellany. I am a wildlife biologist. Um, I'm from San Antonio and I'm currently, I currently, 2020 has been a year. I've been all over the place, but now I'm finally back in Texas, finally back close to home. It feels so great to be living in San Marcos now and employed. Um, I am working with a group of people that are trying to involve landowners, private landowners, and get them to use their land for wildlife uh, management instead of agricultural purposes. So one, mm. they save wildlife, but they also get those same tax breaks, which that's a bonus. Ah. Um, but also Texas is like 99% private land. So it's like, we mm. kind of <laughs> need landowners to help conserve wildlife because there's nowhere else that they can really go. Um, yeah, I'm a birder. Um, I would consider myself like an intermediate quote unquote birder. I I get warblers now. They make sense. Ducks, I got that one. <laughs> How about gulls? Um, Do gulls make gull, sense? To you? Who who touches that? Sean who does gulls. Yeah. Sean does. I know. I don't. I don't fuck you with gulls. I don't. Dude, you I do. T- you, you look terrifying. At, you look at like four hundred gulls, like sitting on a beach, and you're <laughs> looking for rarities in there. I know you are. Yeah, mm. but 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 if it was a flock of gulls on a Connecticut beach, right in the winter, I can pick out. I can tell you like more or less what a herring ring build and a great black backed are because those are our like gulls. If there was a glaucus and a lesser blackback mixed into 150 birds, it would take me like all fucking day. Yeah, but you knew what those birds were. You know what they're called and you, yeah. you know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's all I'm saying. I, I wouldn't call that a win by any standard. <laughs> Sean, there is no winning for us. I'm sorry. Um, Danielle, continue. <laughs> I was going to say, I understand looking for goals in the winter. That's the one time I would accept looking for goals on a purpose and trying to actually ID them. That that makes sense. You might see something cool. Yeah. Glaucus goals are cool. Alone. They're huge. <laughs> They're terrifying. Yeah. So, so I, where, I'm missing greater blackbacks. <clears throat> They're great. So where where um you said you're from San Antonio. Uh where have your patches been in Texas and like what what do you see coming through this time of year? Yeah. So um I guess my birding hasn't really happened much in Texas. So that's a little, it's a complicated (laughs) answer to that. Um, I haven't really established my own path quite yet, but um, that was like a revelation that I had this week. I was like, I'm tired of traveling to go bird. I'm tired of like chasing birds. Like, why don't I just sit down and learn my local patch? Maybe think about me doing a big County, something like that. So I'm still learning, but there's, I'm, I'm, I live on like a river. So ah. I can see some really cool birds. There's still some ducks hanging out right now. We got some mm-hmm. teal around, oh, nice. um, warblers passing through. Yeah. I'm seeing some really good migrants, but I'm also working a job and that requires a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I don't really get to go birding. Mm-hmm. I do have to bird watch for work, but that's not the same. Yeah. Well, so uh, today I was really jealous when you're like, uh, Sean had asked you for some info and you're like, well, I'm in the field, but, and I just pictured a field, <laughs> like any field. And I'm like, I wish I was in a field. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I I didn't know uh, what sort of field work you were doing right now. So I was just like, I yeah. just imagined like this, the weirdest mixed habitat ever. There's like a roadrunner <laughs> and a northern perula and like, just like a weird smattering of birds. Just je- pure jealousy, Bill. It was beautiful place wherever you were in my well, head. Well, I, so. I hope, I hope it was in actuality. It was. 
I'm in the Texas Hill Country, so the nice rolling plains. And when I climb up one of those hills, I get to see like everything. Mm. Um, but I was doing golden cheeks, uh, golden cheek warbler surveys, so I just uh, am surrounded by golden cheeks all day. Oh, oh no! Come on. Um, <laughs> like the, and it's like the only place ever that you can be surrounded by golden cheeks. So wow. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? That's Whoa. wild. Yeah, my, my work is so tough. But it, I had to like bushwhack through ash juniper. So actually, I have so okay. many scrapes and bruises. I came uh. home bleeding. <laughs> So, you know, why well, wear pants the good and not shorts? Right. I was wearing full what? pants covered head to toe. Mm. I was I was set. I know how to do field work. <laughs> it's her job, Sean. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I, I'm not second guessing. I just can't handle the scratches is all I'm saying. That's why I wear pants. I, and and the ticks, too. That's also you. why That's we awesome. don't wear shorts. Wearing, wear wearing shorts <laughs> in tick country is a good way to find ticks in mm. unmentionable places. I learned yeah. that the hard way. <laughs> yep. Do you get a machete? Good a... question. Oh, no. Yeah, I just have to, like, become all about the carnage. <laughs> oh, you just have to. Oh. Hmm. That's too bad. I just thought it would be, like, pretty badass to have, like, a machete on your side while, like, <laughs> looking for birds. Sensitive I, thought, I think about it daily. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need a machete. That's, I'll see if they have probably a like... for that. It's, it's probably like sensitive habitat yeah. and you'd like disturb their uh, definitely honestly the amount of ash juniper they could like clear <laughs> out the understory and we would still be perfect golden cheek habitat, real? So. Okay. <laughs> mm, that's good. what so um so as far as golden cheeks uh i i don't know anything about golden cheek warblers that'll be a big surprise to our listeners um Sick. where so how how where did they go how far did they go um and what are they doing when they're not hanging out with you? Pool <laughs> yeah, halls, so, gambling. Um, <laughs> I wish. Uh, they're just being cute everywhere they go. Mm. Um, but Fact. the uh, the golden cheek warblers are the, the only breed in central Texas. And they are dependent on these ash juniper um, woodlands to you know make their nest. They mm-hmm. take the bark from the ash juniper. They, the bark is like in this little stripey. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like re- it would make really good kindling for a fire. Okay. And they basically weave those into their nest. Um, when they're not here, they're down in Mexico um, and Central America. Oh, kind no, just Mexico. They, they winter in Mexico. And that's a that's, short range. That's it's strange. pretty, pretty short. They are fucking adorable, by the way. Have they shown me these things? Yeah. And if I'm on the phone, it's because mm. I'm like looking things up or it's for knowledge. Yeah, it's, she's not bored. Or Instagramming or whatever for us. <laughs> for us. And their song is pretty cute too. Um, one of the songs is called like La Cucaracha because it sounds like they're starting La Cucaracha, but then they like go into their bird song. So uh, that's cool. Wow. Yeah, I've. <laughs> I just. It's on my. <laughs> It's on the the list, like one of those birds that I like need to see before we destroy their habitat and mm-hmm. kill them all. I got a spot for you. Come on all down. Right. I just the, the spot. <laughs> well, you know, Sean, that's that's like on the way to um, where you need to be to Cuba. catch a plane to Cuba. Yeah. In order to look for the ivory-billed woodpecker with oh, the uh, bearded birdsman. I forgot that we changed uh, changed locales. Yeah. I, I was just imagining like the that like comical you know car when they honk the horn and it's like da 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> That's what a golden cheek uh, basically drives around in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's why their range oh. is so limited. 
Yeah, the they don't have very good mileage. Like, yeah, it's like 25 <laughs> miles per hour, and it's gas is super expensive. But it's 10 has, miles to the gallon. But it still has yeah. rims on it. Mm, it's Texas. Yeah. It's it still <laughs> looks good. It doesn't go far, but it looks good. <laughs> Um, I apologize for everything that's happening that right now. Wildest tangent. Sean's got cats breaking into his room. Oh my God. So, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> so, so can you tell us? Can you tell us um, if it's not a secret? What? What? So you, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Um, so I am a. I'm currently in between positions. I. Mm. But anyways, what I do is I'm, how do I describe this? I, I guess I, I help landowners, private landowners who no longer want to get the tax breaks for their land um, with agricultural use, like putting cattle on there or chopping down for food crops and things mm -hmm. like that. If they don't want to do that anymore. If they inherited some land, they're like, I I've never run cattle in my life, but mm -hmm. what do I do with this so I can still get those tax breaks? Um, instead, they can like put out bird feeders or put out some water systems or reseed with native seeds. Mm. Um, on top of that, we'll also go out and do surveys for certain things. And currently I'm doing a lot of bird surveys while also helping um, compile these annual reports for uh, the landowners to get their tax evaluations from uh, the county okay. appraisal districts so we are in tax season so okay. we are pumping Got as it. many reports out as we can by the end of this month so it's it's very hectic doing bird surveys and desk stuff and yeah. et cetera et cetera et cetera so so is, is it successful like, yes yes sorry scott i just like to me i just feel like texas doesn't sound like the kind of place where folks are like so sharing their land so that's pretty it's good well, to hear. Yeah, so it's not really sharing their land. They still have their private land. Um, and we're just like a couple people that go out and do surveys and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but especially in Austin area, which is where I am, people are really forward on forward thinking on environmental issues. Oh, and right. awesome. so they have in their mind like, oh, this is helping the nature, but it's also helping me at the same time. So hmm. we have a lot of people um, participating. And last year was actually a really good year for the company, um, hmm. surprisingly. Okay. So is uh so this is a private company or like um is this a okay so I read an article about loss of topsoil in the Midwest in the United States and they're saying that um topsoil loss is uh I think like there's we're we're down to like 30% of topsoil mm. left in some places because of agriculture and um sort of other, i mean there are other contributing factors um but agriculture is definitely the number one and in that article they were talking about how there were federal programs that uh pay people to essentially let the ground yep. you know not go fallow but like what you're talking about like planting native shrubs and flowers sort of and things like planting. that but but those programs i think are like 10 years maybe 10 or 15 years they do get subsidies from the federal government um to do this and it contributes to sort of building up the topsoil again uh to sort of support agriculture when they when they pick it back up are so you're doing something similar to this or 
Yeah, pretty similar. And um, the reports that we create do have like a wildlife management plan incorporated with them that expires after a certain number of years. So we'll have to go back in and reevaluate like, hey, what are you doing on your land? What do you want to, what are your plans for the next couple of years? Um, But we are a private company. I I, I don't know why I'm, I don't think I've ever said where I work. I work with the Plateau Land and Wildlife Management. It is a private um, company in Dripping Springs, Texas. Okay. Is it like a advisory service, basically? It is an advisory service. So we don't have to do the things, but we can give you tips on what mm. you can do. And then you can do them yourself, but we can also do them for you at the same time. Mm. We Yeah, we actually have friends whose parents have farmland that they're doing part of that, like that with their land. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we have to go back to Iowa to like build purple Martin houses. Yeah. Yep. Yep, they that's didn't, it. That's they exactly didn't, it. They didn't build enough for, they need to mm-hmm. have so many a year or whatever. Huh. So, yeah. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was really cool. It was the first I, I had heard of these before. I've heard of this like concept before, but it was like mm-hmm. the, um, when talking with my friend, I was like, oh, I know what you're talking about. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I didn't know how many, it, it's hard, especially in, farmland areas that are fertile to get people to participate. Mm. Um, but it's it's a good way to get tax breaks mm. mm-hmm. and not do that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like, it's... It's easier than raising cattle. Right. Well, it's, it's an easier sell <laughs> yeah. for people, you know, who you look at the soil. I mean, one of the things that really gets you is when you when you look at stuff like this and you know, land has been worked too much and it's got that light sort of sandy, sandy. Mm-hmm. sort of clay color and it's just like nothing left in the soil. It's it's almost worthless and it kills the yields, right? So if you're working the land, you know, it. it if somebody's going to give you money, whoever that is, for whatever reason to essentially like let it go for 10 years and that's going to increase you know, crop yields when you do start working the land again. Uh, yeah. I mean, people, people are doing it. It is something where you have to get out into the, into the population and, and, you know, educate people about it. But well, that's really cool. That's cool work. So, so yeah. when you're going looking for golden cheek warblers, are you basically trying to get the data of like how many there are and the population for, for the annual reports and things like that? Um, so we're doing more like breeding bird surveys for, okay, how many males have established a territory here? Um, and I, I think we do submit that to like the federal government for mm-hmm. like their endangered species monitoring stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is part of the, um, one of the requirements right. to, you know, you check off so many boxes and you get, you get a reward type right. of thing. Okay. Cool. And so, um, so you're saying that you're you still call, consider yourself kind of an amateur birder or or intermediate intermediate. So do you have to get training as to how to like figure out if some something's like a established male territory situation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so we can do that by their songs. If they're singing in an established area and it, it's their, if they're singing the A song or the B song, then we can like say, oh, okay, this golden cheek has established this territory. Hmm. Um, all right, let's uh, we mark it on our iPad. We do transects. So we have like an established system of like monitoring who's where and what's doing what. 
um, we're not keeping track of like individual birds, but we do know like, okay, suitable habitat here, check. Okay, there's birds. Next step. Cool. So is, Lu- is La Cucaracha A or B? I think that's A song. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and does that mean that does that mean that I've nested? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just... usually like a defending. Ah. And then once they switch the B song, I think that's the I've established this territory. Hmm. Stay out. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a, a house sparrow who's taken up residence in a, mm. a wren gourd outside uh. our uh, dining room window. And his song isn't so much a song. There's no A or B. There's no La Cucaracha. It's just him going, chirp, 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 for like 22 out of 24 hours a day, including in the rain, including like in in like 30 to 45 mile an hour gusts. I run out there. I threw. I threw Junior Birder James's plastic Adirondack chair at him today. That's how. <laughs> that's I had lost it. That oh my much. god! Did like... the house sparrow beat the shit out of it? The no. thing is, he just flew up into a tree and just kept going chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> my favorite though is. I want to get this bird laid so bad, so fucking. But then there's bad. more. Then that's just more. But it's so funny when a female comes in, checks out his yeah, gourd, and just splits, and just like fuck this. Like, now it's this is just in there. this is an, it's, a year old house wren. It's full of wren nest. shit. You didn't do this. Mm-mm. Mattress on the floor. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no place to raise a family. Cigarette butts. Mm. Anyway. No class. Anyway, so, sorry about that. Man, that went off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> we we kind of had it today. Like today was a day where we were like we we've got to call Matt Bell to take care of things. Full on venting. Yeah. That's good. That's good, you guys. Friend of the show, Matt Bell, whose name will forever be bleeped out. Um. <laughs> all right. So let's get to some. Let's get to some. The whole reason. Some some business. Yeah. Um. So you uh, helped co-found uh, Black Birders Week. I did indeed. What, uh, a, you... what an event that was last year. Awesome. So yeah. tell us tell us about how that came about. Yeah. So Black Birders Week in 2021 definitely started off n- not for good reasons, unfortunately. Um, it was basically a call to action to refute racism that people experience while birding. Um, Christopher Cooper, sorry, Christian Cooper um, in Central Park uh, had this really terrible racist experience where, you know, things could have gone really far south and Mm -hmm. thankfully they didn't. Um, So if you're a birder and you have not heard about what I'm talking about, get your head out of the ground. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would hope that, uh, yeah, no one listening to the show wouldn't know, but I mean, you know, we can talk about this a little bit because it's, it's really bad, right? I well, mean, it's been it's... almost a year since the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Go and, go ahead. And it was right after George Floyd. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So George Floyd. Uh, I mean, a whole slew of just police brutality and violence against Black people was happening always, but is especially happened and was brought to our attention during that time, and we wanted to say something about it. Um, and on top of that, we also wanted to just show that. Black people enjoy the outdoors and we just want to, you know, have a community that is able to 
gain more people inside of the, you know, nature loving family. So it's, it's more of a celebration than anything, but it definitely started off from some really painful moments. Um, but going into this next year, we're definitely going to have more of the celebratory feeling um, because that's that's what we're, we're trying to really amplify. Mm. Yeah, I think I think um, what I got out of it was just increasing the visibility of black um, birders and just black in STEM, you know, because that the whole thing with with Christian Cooper was was that she immediately assumed the worst of this man who is obviously birding, you know, had binoculars in Central Park and was just trying to get her to leash her dog. Um it's a whole other problem in and of itself. So. Yes, and then calling the co- and then calling the cops as like mm. a defense mechanism. Um but that well, th- then what came out of it was like how many um people of color had been um, harassed uh, while birding or just out out in nature enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, j- just to not put too fine a point on it, she she sort of threatened to murder him well, with yes, the police, yeah. right? That's By a good synopsis. Okay, yeah, yeah just just to be yeah. clear, like pretty accurate. <laughs> um, and and it failed. Uh, and this is one of the events that Luckily. just, at least in the birding community, I think increase the visibility of systemic racism and police oppression of black Americans. Um, and, the you know, the response from the black birding community, I think, was just fucking awesome. And I, I think it's so cool that just again and again, um, <laughs> African-American, like, birders you know blacks and stem are just people are consistently responding to horrific events with constructive solutions and positivity and i love that that you sort of mentioned that you know about the original intention and 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 that's your intention for for um black birders week this year this sort of celebratory aspect i mean it's it's so powerful um, I, yeah, I can't say too much about it and I won't because I want to hear you talk about it more. Yeah, it's, we definitely don't want to relive traumas, especially, I mean, like every, every day this week's been really tough. I yeah. mean, right. I haven't even been on the internet. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we don't, we don't want to relive traumas and we don't want to have this sad Olympics. So mm-hmm. w- what we're going to do instead is show how happy we are to do our things that we love and that we're not going to stop it just because we're in the face of adversity or prejudice or racism. Um, and yeah, if, if you want to get on board, you know, come along, we'll give you some nice little tidbits with fun at the same time. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's really upsetting what black people in STEM and then also black people in just outdoor recreation. Like we're just trying to simply enjoy the outdoors, not asking for much and, hmm. It's been, it's fun. I, I'm, I'm happy that you're that it's happening again this year. After watching sort of the outcry, uh, both good and bad, after last year's event, you know there was some, you know, you got to see the real fucking cream of the crop like pop up and say their spout their bullshit. And I think year two is just proof that like 
beyond all of the all of the crap that these fucking people like the guys the people who think they're the top like for so many years like the the real bullshit's coming out of their mouths and you get to like see the community is like sidestepping them and just doing moving forward and that the progress feels like seeing this in year two progress feels like real and i love that we get to celebrate i mean you guys get to celebrate like fucking year two surviving the fucking worst year ever like there's so much to to look at so i'm just happy that you can rub that shit in those fucking guys faces a little bit a little bit harder (laughs) and none of us have like met in person or anything so it's just like I feel like we're just so badass to be able to do a worldwide takeover, basically. Mm -hmm. Like we captivated your attention. Thank you. Now keep it here. Hell yeah! Oh, it's it's the it was like the fucking wildest thing to just watch roll out like instantly too. Like it was perfect rollout, and it hit so so hard that it was such a big movement. A week after the Christian Cooper thing. It was like a day after or something. Oh, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was or not a couple of days after. Yeah. How the it was fuck fast. did you manage that? Not like, sleeping, you... but we're not doing that this year. Mm. I mean that's <laughs> it was a thing. whirlwind. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I don't know I, how we did it. <laughs> I can't imagine how you how you put your how like how much brain power and like energy and how you could possibly not just pass out at the end of it and all of that. Like it was so fast. It was so fast. Like and it still hasn't stopped moving. No, no. And shit doesn't take over that so, fast like that. Not in like not positive stuff. It just never feels like it grabs on. It was so it was like one of the few things in so, 2020 that really fucking <laughs> took hold and is working. So did hmm. did Black AF and STEM come out of the Black Birders Week or was that? Yeah. yeah, we kind of, uh, we, we had a group chat and the group chat suddenly became a movement. So yeah, Black AF and STEM is the same group that brought, that brought out um, Black Birders Week. Right. Um, it, this is a weird, maybe it's not weird. I mean, it, can you shout out some of the people who were sort of instrumental in putting this stuff together? Yeah. I mean, I know, I know we've talked so about, weird. we've, we've, we've <laughs> interviewed some of them. Well, I mean, it's just like, give us their names, tell us who they are and where they live. You know, I'm trying to think of like, there is so, so, so many people that helped make this happen. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to like start listing names and leave off people. No, 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 I no. feel like that would like, well, that was one uh, of the other reasons I was like, okay, maybe, okay. maybe this is weird. Um, I guess, so what I'm trying to get at is like, where did the group chat come from? How, how did that, how, uh, how did it organize? <laughs> how did the, the. Like through Twitter or. Yeah. The group chat was organized by some birders on Twitter. And then okay. it was originally like a Twitter DM and they were like, okay, we're, we're getting too big for the DMs. Mm-hmm. Cause there's already more than 10 people in here. It's chaotic. So then it got moved to a group me and then group me, which I don't know. I hate group me personally. I can't stand the formatting. It makes no sense. There's no structure. Mm. We organized the whole week in group me. So it was, it was a little chaotic, but we got it done. Oh, wow. um, and that was, that was it. And now, man, we're, we're trying to become a 501c3. I think, I think we might have <laughs> finished that paperwork to get all that stuff done. So big things are coming from Black AF and STEM. Um, we actually just opened up um, our new Discord channel because we like organization these nice. days um for new members so if you're interested in that i would mm-hmm. check out the um the twitter there's a link in there for black 
people who would love to become part of our group chat. It's just a place for us to hang out, talk about nerd stuff, not just STEM. You don't have to be from STEM. You can be whatever <laughs> walk of life. Mm-hmm. As long as you identify as a black person, you're set to go. Cool. Yeah. All right, so we'll drop. We'll have uh, Heather will do it because I don't fucking know what Heather, Heather does. you we'll do put it. Put the links to things in the show notes. I I'll don't put know the how links to, do to that. the things. They magically appear. Yep. That's good. Yeah, the, I'll figured. put all the twitters and the hashtags and uh, the links. Perfect. So, um, so what is this year's? Uh, what is this year's uh, week looking like right now? So this and, year's week. And sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, and right. how do people get involved? Okay, so this year's week is going to definitely be focusing on Black women birders for sure, because, Mm. you know, we definitely don't get the shine that we need. And we're basically organizing this whole event. So we're definitely going to be like, okay, well, (laughs) look at us because we're badasses. (laughs) Um, So expect some some highlights about Black women in STEM. We're also going to talk about safe fieldwork strategies. Um, Mm. So if you are a person who is interested on, you know, how to hold people accountable, how to make your work environment more safe. We're going to talk about that for a little bit. We're going to have the wonderful Amelia Juliet Demery and Monique Pipkin um, talk about their paper that they wrote that's in Nature currently um, that has really great strategies on how individuals, their employers, and also um, co-workers can help make areas in birding and outdoors and work, everything safer. Yeah. Super important. Uh, we're going to have some birding live streams. We have a bunch of shirt and merch collabs with our favorite Ooh. bird brands. I'll let you think about who that is, but there's nice. several. Ooh. There are okay. several things in the works. Bird brands. <laughs> um, bird and also bird trivia. Mm. Bird, birds, birds, birds. Nice. I love, I love the merch so hard. I really do. So are, is, is any of that going to drop as uh, like fundraising stuff? I mean, is there a um, way that is there a way that people, you know, sort of adjacent to this allies can can support the, the endeavor financially and maybe get some sweet merch out of it? Sure. Yeah. The shirts there. will definitely be available for purchase. Okay. Um, they're going to be available, I think, around the week. So stay tuned okay. um, for our socials on when those drop and when they're available. And I had something else to say, but I kind of forgot where I was going. We um that this this time. this episode is airing currently very close to the week. So we oh. will have links in the show notes, folks. Yeah. Links in the show notes. We'll be releasing it a little bit before the week that way it's we're perfect we're just playing with time right now <laughs> people can also <laughs> donate to um the paypal that's what i was going to say ah, um if, if you would like is. to donate you can give us a monetary uh gift of love um okay. to <laughs> paypal i think it's black af stem i i, I might get that wrong i, I it'll it's be in the show notes in the show notes don't worry about it it's in the show notes We'll see it later. Yep. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Perfect. Um, God, I had one more question, uh, which was, um, yeah, there's there's also a um, Black and STEM scholarship right, fund, right? So that's mm, yeah. There's um Black and Latinx birders. Uh, they have a scholarship fund that you you can also please 
do definitely donate to them as well. They have some great, great work going on. Yeah, that's awesome. Anybody, what other, any other organizations that we should be throwing money at? <laughs> I'm trying to think. With all this Man. money we have. We've got Norwegians that have euros to 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 spend on this stuff. Those big euros. Big euros. <laughs> With your Doge to- coin. Dogecoin. Yeah. Norwegian <laughs> Dogecoin. Please give us at least one Bitcoin, please, if you have yeah, one spare. I was going to say, Dogecoin is like 32 cents. You probably don't want Dogecoin hmm. right now, but What's a Bitcoin? Bitcoin would be nice. Oh, it's- 32,000. I was going to say, it's it's in the tens of thousands, yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about crypto. You got on that train too late, Sean. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, we about need that. to start Birdcoin. Birdcoin. Ooh. To the moon. You heard it here first. To <laughs> the moon. To the trees. <laughs> to the breeding grounds. Um, I have I have an unrelated question that I've been meaning to get to about. Um, so not related to um, Black Birding Week. Um, tell me about your cemetery birding. Oh my gosh! Yes, oh. please. So are you ready to talk for the next hour? Yep. <laughs> well, we have 30 uh, minutes left. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I am possibly the hugest fan of birding in cemeteries. Um, if, so I actually, I, I cannot stop looking at cemeteries and being like, how many trees do they have? Can I, mm. can I go birding there? If I'm driving, if I'm in a passenger seat, if I'm in an airplane, I haven't been in an airplane, but um yeah, anywhere I go, I think about cemeteries and what cool birds could possibly be there. I can't stop. Did you have an experience where you casually were just spending time in a cemetery and then there was like a prothonotary warbler or something <laughs> on a mausoleum and you're like, this is now my new jam? Yeah, so it started in undergrad, which is when I first started getting into birding. So like 2000, oh gosh, what year was that? Before 2015. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, time doesn't really exist in my brain. I understand. My <laughs> undergrad was so far, so far in the past, it's shrouded in the mists of time. Um, so like 2012-ish, I got into birding only because I was required for a class to graduate. And one of our first places to go on a birding um, field trip was the local cemetery. And at first I was like, this is very strange. I don't want to... Uh, like what do I even do <laughs> like, this feels don't illegal don't hang out <laughs> right um but like so we slowly got like some cool birds and I was in South Texas at the time too so I mean I got I got some really cool birds in the cemetery took a break for a couple years and I just started revisiting cemetery birding because of the pandemic and I was like uh, what do I do where do I go I don't want to go to a park because there's too many people no one's wearing masks because we're in Texas mm-hmm. uh corona doesn't <laughs> exist apparently mm-hmm. right um, no germs so yeah, they're nowhere. Um, so yeah, I went to a cemetery. Um, I just pulled over one day. It was close to my parents' place. It was the only green spot that I saw that was with the within a fifteen minute driving distance um, on Google Maps. Pulled up, saw some vermilion flycatchers. I was like, "This must be the place." I guess I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna stick out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang out here. <laughs> That'll do it. Try, trying to think of the most exotic bird we've seen. In our local cemetery, Mockingbird. Mockingbird. That fucker is <laughs> always there. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. We we kind of had a similar situation. Um, we spent a lot of early pandemic mm. in the local cemetery um, because the playgrounds were closed, 
Mm-hmm. And so James and his BF, um, Junior Bear James and his uh, BFF uh, are overjoyed at and, and shout, cemetery, cemetery. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> know it. what it is and they don't know what they're they climbing on. Um, yeah, a they love it. logical next step. They love, <laughs> they love cemeteries. Um, and because uh, it's just like a giant playground to them. And... Um, and then we, we would bird. We 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 did get some good. I mean, we had we mm-hmm. had Cooper's hawks flying overhead. We, we you know we get, we get a lot of the we have Merlin. a lot of raptors. Yeah, we've got a merlin in the area. Cooper's hawks. We've got osprey, red tails. We've got over one cemetery. Yep. Damn. Yeah, because it's it's, it's right on the cemetery. By, yeah. It's surrounded by him. water. Do my work for me. Yep. <laughs> we have a cemetery right across the street from our house. But I'm the only thing I've ever seen are bluebirds. But it's also mm. like some pre-Civil mm. War, like tiny little Civil War cemetery or something like that. Mm. So it doesn't count. So you, you can get like the basic birds, which is typically what I see in cemeteries. I don't usually see something spectacular. And I, I can't really think of anything. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I saw that here. Vermilion in flycatchers. the cemeteries that I've been in Texas. Vermilion yeah. flycatchers, that's like, that, that is a cemetery bird, though. You could go anywhere in Arizona and they're like in a playground. So I, I feel like that's just like a... It's a it's a bird. When we, it's bright. When we had the um, uh, feminist bird club on, didn't they talk about some cemetery yeah. birding? Yeah. Carla, yeah, Carla. Yeah, outside of Massachusetts, Boston. Um, Boston. Outside of Boston, that's right. There's a pretty right. famous mm-hmm. some big cemetery. Is it Auburn Cemetery? Yeah, Mount Auburn. Yes. Mm. And so then Greenwood a, Cemetery is yeah. also another famous one. Yep. Dang, you just know you're into cemetery Ew. lore. Just, I, I am. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of now. Were you a goth teen by any chance? <laughs> I wasn't, and okay. I'm still not like I'm still trying to be like an eco goth. I'm like trying to claim it, but I'm like nice. I, I'm not really a goth, y'all. I'm just <laughs> just here oh, here for the ride. See, I I, I was a teen goth, mm-hmm. and now I look back and I'm like, man, I could have been doing some that. birding. Yeah, you missed it. You missed your opportunity. You missed a good yeah, with no, my look. spiked collar and <laughs> never too late. Fishnet stocking. Pregnant, was... pregnant, mid thirties woman, black fishnets, dog collar. I can seen ne- in local cemetery. You can never. That's a vibe. This, this can is never. A vibe. Arrested for suspicious behavior. <laughs> I can never. She had I will binoculars. say, where the fishnets again, man. <laughs> I will say, uh, I I do enjoy the cemeteries just to be in the cemetery now at mm. this point like i've desensitized myself to like it's not really that weird it's basically like a park with some extra architecture so i see <laughs> and some people. i can see why a kid would be like oh fun this is it's a place to hop around big uh rock yeah. rocks that have names on them yeah mm-hmm. but you know yeah they're illiterate so they don't even know that they're just like hey it's fun slabs of Hard stuff. Though we have jump on them, jump we've off had them. had started to be like, no, someone's buried there yeah. because he's been stealing rocks that people have been putting oh, on no. this one That's guy's grave, and I'm like, and we knew that guy, so mm. we well, put the rocks in your house. Say we hi. put the rocks back. <laughs> okay, and he wouldn't care actually. He, he loved was, the kids. He was very cool. I was cool. just gonna say, if you knew him, I mean, he'd yeah. be like, yeah, man, take one of my rocks. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he's all right, but I still like. Oh man, it's so awkward. Well, I want to yeah. know. Also, he's not know. all right. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, I want to know about finding you. Owl nests and cemeteries seem to be a mm. thing, and I 
look at every tree in every cemetery and there's never an owl nest in it. But I just want to say, um, but I, how do I, how do, how do I make this come true? I want this so bad. I don't know, Sean. Get like me. Yeah, oh, man. I can't. I can't. Just, like I just don't have so the desperate. capacity. I just want to find an owl nest. Dude. You're just like so casual. I, love I feel that. like I see owls in and their nests fairly reliably in cemeteries. So maybe it's just the the genesis wah that I have. And the... mm. <laughs> it's like every children's book that has like a cemetery in it, yep. right? There's always like an owl. You don't have that that cemetery owl vibe, Sean. I'm sorry. No, never I don't. You, you gotta have wear like, shorts. Have like mm. midday scared barred owl vibe, but I don't have like. I definitely don't have like. Badass, Dusky, yeah, great horned owl vibes. Mm. No. I have seen one time. Actually, that's a lie. I saw a great horned owl in a cemetery once last spring, but I was there because there was a Townsend's Warbler stakeout. It was like mm. st- first state record, and I just like turned around and there was a great horned owl, and he was like, "Man, you motherfucker saw me and flew off, and nobody <laughs> else saw the owl but me." <laughs> nice. Of course, so. Well, you're but. still one more owl in a cemetery than me. So. Yeah, that's true. Never seen an owl in a cemetery. Wow. But now it's my new life goal, so I have that now. Mm. More cemeteries. Oh, you can yeah. also start looking at like the architecture and the symbolism mm. that's on headstones. There's oh, so, many, yeah. so many activities. Obviously, so I'm like... already into that. Like I have a I have a memento mori tattoo of uh, <sighs> the the uh, colonial like sort of uh, skull with wings on it. She is goth after all. I mean, very cool. Goth AF. Yeah. What <laughs> is the um? If I might ask, what is the earliest uh, marker that you've seen mm. if if you keep track of such things? I can't remember the year. I did take a picture of it, but I'm not going to scroll through Google Photos right now. <laughs> Fair um, enough. <laughs> but it was a person who fought in the Revolutionary War. Okay. So yeah, back, Lord. back. Yep, yep. That'll do it. So probably yep. at the latest, maybe like... 17, yeah, 1800s, 1700s. I was going to say, did, did this person died die in. in the war? Oh, no, they did oh, not. Okay. They lived they just past fought the in war. It. Okay, yeah, so mm-hmm. probably like 1830s to 1850s. Okay, that's that's all right. Yeah, We've got awesome. one in our local cemetery that's, um, that is 18th century um, that's, that's that old, which is cool. But there's only one. I don't I spend that like, much time in cemeteries, so I have I have no idea. I can't oh, even in ours, take part in yep. this. I can never remember. In seven, I think it's seventeen eighties. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But the there's what's some, the coolest? Sorry, no, I was gonna say so many are worn, like like completely mm-hmm. weathered, yeah, so it's really hard to effaced. read. Yeah. What's the what? What's the coolest uh, headstone or tombstone that you've seen in mm. a cemetery? Oh, Eli Whitney's is in uh, mm. New Haven. Yeah, that's cool. That's that cool. Good. That feels cool. Yeah, that, that yeah. whole cemetery is crazy because it's like, and the dead shall Not, rise, right? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. On in the, the on the gates. Yeah. yeah so cool. So, yeah. The the well, the, there are a lot of cool things about the New Haven Cemetery. Well, one is that they moved all the markers, but they left the the remains in the New Haven Green, and then a tree blew over <laughs> in a strong storm about. Uh, six or eight years ago, and there were a bunch of skulls uh, mm. in the, embedded in the roots of this hundreds-year-old yeah, 
uh, elm tree that blew over, and they had to have they had to have the forensic unit uh, and investigators come out and determine that these remains were, you know, two hundred years old, and they weren't something you know recent that had to be investigated. Um, That's wild. But out of this, yeah, out of this came the fact that um, when they moved the original cemetery from the New Haven Green to its current location at the Grove Street Cemetery, they didn't move the remains. They just moved the markers. Um, But there are um, Webster of Webster's Dictionary fame is 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 in there as well. Now, I when you ask this question, do you mean the coolest as far as the name and the person or do you mean like the literal stone? The vibe, literal, the vibes. What does it look like? I would want that. Yeah. So (laughs) there's there's some in in Boston. That's where I I got the idea for my um, my tattoo. I really love that old style um, skull with wings. Memento Mori design like a witch might be buried under that. Um, Yeah. And and weeping willows like that's a really Mm -hmm. popular sign as well. I don't know. I love that stuff. I just bought a book that has like explains a bunch of symbols and stuff. So mm. I can't wait to like actually bring Ooh. it out with me oh, to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, did want to touch on, you mentioned uh, something. Someone mentioned something that reminded me like, oh, there's a lot of injustices that also happen in cemeteries and like burial mm. stuff. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that Eli Whitney's grave is still there is huge, huge accomplishment um, because Oh, um, you mentioned the bodies being moved, uh, the headstones being moved, with bo- the bo- but the bodies being kept in that mm-hmm. same place. It, it's things like that happen all the time in yep. cemeteries, and even getting paved over by you know an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's casual. Mm-hmm. Um, happens at alarming rates, especially for black cemeteries because oh, you know, cemeteries yes. were segregated because yes. racism has ruined literally every fabric of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just a lot of injustices. Like people after death can even rest happily. It's just ugh. so me birding in cemeteries. Like I, I have a lot of thoughts going through my mind, but a lot of it is me paying respects and me paying homage mm-hmm. to my ancestors who, I don't know where they are sometimes, and yeah. it's just really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a story in the Washington Post about this uh, maybe last year about uh, grave markers uh, appearing on the shoreline. And uh, it's because they had moved a predominantly African-American cemetery um, and they were supposed to move remains and headstones and markers and everything like that. And then all of a sudden they're just finding these markers like in the ocean, you know, around D.C., swashed up. And uh, yeah, they took the easy way out. Fucking Fucking white people. Yeah, I fucking can't. Yeah, destruction so, of history. Yep. Dude. Yeah, and, and also still like, re- people can't be buried. Like sometimes black people can't be buried in predominantly white cemeteries. Like mm-hmm. to this day, still? it doesn't make sense to this still. day. <laughs> yes, literally every episode we've recorded since we came back has made me so fucking fuming mad. I just mm-hmm. like every every person has come on with like one fact that I just am like how a how am I just learning about this and. Fuck, why is this, it makes me so fucking mm. mad. More to come. Expect, oh expect, expect a uh, article Ever. from yeah. me sometime in 2021. All right. Oh, for real? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Doing we'll, research. Uh, oh, cool. Let us know when it hits. We'll, uh, we'll share the link. We'll share that link. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that stuff is really interesting to me. Um, just 
in general i mean it, it was it was everybody um you know reselling plots or or um you know not moving bodies but moving things and whatever destroying all mm. that stuff but yeah predominantly people of color and and uh under uh lower class people too yeah Right. Well, if you, if you were to go to the Grove Street Cemetery, you know, there's there's probably a very common there's going to be commonality between the names that you see on the markers that remain. Right. And the people that were allowed to be buried there in the first place. And usually it's just that, you know, they had the privilege of money and you know, therefore were white. Yeah, they all have fucking streets named after. I feel like them. we need like a wah wah sound effect that just happens on. <laughs> One guy's name is wah, Chaun- wah. Chauncey. 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 So Chauncey. you know, that guy was definitely <laughs> Chauncey. white. Chauncey. There's a that's how you say that's it. Yeah. Chauncey. <laughs> you gotta have the right. You gotta have, you have the to, right accent. Chauncey. Chauncey. Haughty. Haughty toddy. Chauncey. Yeah. There's a certain. There's like a one part of the South where Chauncey is a name, and you have to pronounce it just right, or it's just <laughs> ruining everything. We have like Boston Chaun- for that here. It has to be dead on, or you ruin everything. So Chauncey <laughs> sounds like a name that just has to be hyphenated with something else. I'm hmm. just throwing that out there. Hmm. I've never um, heard of Chauncey. I don't have any. I, I'm not even sure if it's a first name or a last name. Do we know? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks um, for being here. This was great. We, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm loving this new season. I think this is season three for us. Um. <laughs> We skipped behind it, Sean. Season two is one episode long, so yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, we did like one episode over over the course of like eight months. Um, but you know, Sean, you said something earlier, which was you know uh, I'm learning something every episode that just makes me really really mad, and I I think that means that we're doing something right. Um, and Maybe. you know, I said a, a few episodes I, I ago really, that yeah. like. You know, we just have to get used to being uncomfortable and learning shit and um, just being there for, you know, our fellow fucking human beings. And uh, I'm super glad that uh, Blackbirders Week is happening and anything that we can do to um, support you and to support Blackbirders Week, we're going to do. And we need to keep promoting stuff like this in the birding community. And we will make the birding community better. It is already better. And it's getting better every day. Every time a Yarnold quits the Autobahn, the world <laughs> oh gets a little bit cheerier. And a whooping crane is born. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Podcast.